How is everybody this morning? It is a wonderful day to be in the house of the Lord. I wish I had one of those super patriotic words from God, but that's not what he gave me today. So uh, I am very thankful for all the, all the veterans who have served um, and all the, the men and women who are currently serving in our military. We take for granted a lot of times. I'm like Kelly, I, I wasn't a, a military child. My, my grandpa and my great-grandpa both served. My nephew is currently serving. Um, but I'm like her. If you watch that video and you don't get moved and you don't realize what you have here, go spend some time somewhere else and realize the things that you take for granted every day um, and the worries that we don't carry because there are people out there fighting for us. Um, we live in a wonderful country. God truly has blessed us here, and it's going to take us here battling, praying, and seeking God's face so that we can continue to serve the God that we love openly and freely. If you would, please bow your heads with me this morning. Gracious Heavenly Father, God, we are thankful for the veterans that have served. God, we are thankful for this country that we live God, we pray that you would bless each and every individual that has served or is serving, Lord, and the people that are controlling our government. Lord, we pray for them. Lord, help us to realize the things that we have. God, humble us and help us be better towards one another. God, and, and help us forgive. God, we live in a time where we're trying to hold on to things that don't matter and in grasping at things that don't matter, God, help us realize in our own lives the things that matter. God, the things that would matter for your kingdom. God, the things that would matter for our families. God, help us to realize the things that would matter. Lord, I pray that as we go through this sermon today, God, that you would use me as a tool. God, speak through my mouth that the words that you would want me to say. God, and I pray that you would open every heart and mind here this morning, God, that they would receive what you would have for them today. God, that we can leave this place knowing that we grew from the time that we came in the door till the time we left, or that we walked away with more words from you written on our heart. Lord, we do love you and thank you for everything that you do for us. Lord, we're thankful for your son, Jesus Christ, who bore our sins, the sinless one that took on sin himself, that we may be set free. It's in his holy and precious name we pray. Amen. I'm going to be in Psalms 23 again today. I know we were there last weekend. Um, it continues to amaze me. I'm going to start from the very beginning. I'm going to start in Psalms 23 and in verse 1 just to kind of recap what we went through last week. And it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Ye though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Last week I made uh, several puns about sheep. and Not that we're warm, fuzzy, and cute, but that we're pretty not with it. That we kind of wander around and, and get lost on our own and... We rely on God to, to whack us on the head with a stick when we need to put back on our path to righteousness. Um, that we're just not the smartest creatures that ever lived. 
And so we talked about last week how God will take us and make us lie down in the things that are good. He will help us realize the things that are good and the places we should stay for a moment. He'll restore our soul and He'll lead us, lead us down paths of righteousness. If you're headed down any other path, I can assure you that it's not a godly path because God is truly righteous. And we talked about the fact that as you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, that He's already been to the other side and He's prepared a way to walk through with you. We, we talked about three gentlemen, um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and I, and I read their story as, as they were thrown into the fiery furnace. And when they looked in there and seen not only those three standing there walking, but they seen a fourth walking with them. And so as we see the fourth person, we know that Jesus will come in His Spirit and He will walk through the fire with us. Not only does He go ahead of us and prepare a place for us, but He'll go prepare and come back and walk through it with us. Today, we can find calm in the storm. We can find peace in the presence by the second half of this psalm, and I'm going to start in verse 5. It says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I don't know if anybody has done any research on the, the importance of family time and the importance of the dinner table. Um, I've done a little research. It's, it's staggering the effects and the importance of spending time with family at the table. Uh, we did it when I was growing up. We, we played a lot of ball and we ran a lot of places. But my mom, every chance we had, would make a meal that we could all sit down at the dinner table and eat together. Um, had a lot of good times at the dinner table. I remember the first time milk ever squirted out of my nose. We were having breakfast for supper and it was at the dinner table. Um, it was an enlightening experience. But good times were had at the dinner table and we learned more about each other and what we were going through at the dinner table. Um, we, as a family, have, have taken that and we eat dinner at the dinner table as most often as we can. Um, we ask our kids about how their day is going, the good things that happened at school, the bad things that happened at school. And we try to stay in touch with our kids. Um, that's the important thing. It doesn't wholly matter if you have a home-cooked meal or if you just got takeout. But coming together at a place where you can focus on each other. The table. Come to the table. So in verse 5, Jesus says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Jesus didn't say that, sorry. But it said, Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. I can't speak of how many times that Jesus, I know there's at least 10 to 12 occasions in the New Testament where Jesus sat down at a table 
and spoke in a parable or he gave a lesson. And the most important to me is when he gathered all of his disciples together for one last meal. Why? They could have gathered in any room. They could have went to the garden, all of them together and prayed together. But they didn't. He chose a table. He chose to gather them at a meal. Why is that? Because at a mealtime, when you sat down at a table, your focus is what's going on at the table. And I can, I can tell you this, when we sat down at a table at our house for dinner, we don't have our cell phones. We don't have our cell phones at the table. I don't take it out of my pocket and lay it on the table. I don't have my cell phone and we don't answer phone calls at the table, text messages or anything. Because that is family time and is important to us. And we want our kids to know that we value our time with them. I've even seen a study that people, even when they have their cell phone in their hand, they don't even have to be looking at it. But it's saying that my cell phone is important to me and I'm going to hold it because it's valuable in our conversation. This phone goes off. I'm going to answer it. It has more value than what you do. If you lay it on a table, even face down, you're saying that my cell phone is going to be ever present with me, even though we're in presence together. My cell phone is going to partake in that meal with me. If you leave it in your pocket or you take it to the bedroom, out of sight, out of mind, put it on silent. That way you don't know. You're not distracted from your family or your kids by a device. Because ever growing and ever more important is our family time together. And it's becoming harder and harder to designate that time together. I mean, there was one summer where I played on four baseball teams. I played on two here in Gainesville and I played in a league in Mountain Home and a traveling team out of Mountain Home. You can imagine how scarce our time was. Luckily, my brother was 16 and he could help get me to practices because sometimes I would have two or three in a day. Um, but the ever importance of spending time together, my parents knew the value of that. We went to my grandparents and spent time with them around the table. And I can remember as a kid how boring and how can you sit at a table for hours and hours and hours and just talk. Can I get down? I'm done eating. Please let me get down. I don't care whose brother is so-and-so and their mom's grandpa's brother's sister and where they live and where they used to live. And they, they moved three times. And as a kid, it's like, don't care. But you remember those things. You remember the time spent at that table. Even if it was just briefly, your kids and me now as an adult and having my own kids remember and value the time we spent together at a table. In a 20-year study done, families that spent three or more nights eating as a family produced lower substance abuse in teens and adults. It produces lower teen pregnancy results. It reduces depression, obesity, and spending. It increases kids' grades and self-esteem. And ultimately, it'll increase your relationship and bond as a family. Amen? 
I believe that's something that our country is lacking as we let our households deteriorate. We can't expect our government to stay together. As we let our households deteriorate, we can't expect our communities to stay together. Because if we don't have it together at home, at least momentarily or briefly, or that's not on our agenda, we can't expect everything else to stay together. As our households fall apart, so will everything else. Because you go to wherever you're going broken and falling apart. Whenever you piece together a household and you come from a household that knows one another, that spends time together, that deep down inside, although not outwardly all the time, brothers and sisters, not all the time outwardly love each other, right? I mean, you sometimes get mad at your brother and sister, but deep down inside, sometimes we've got to dig way down inside, but that love is there. Then you go to places wherever you go. When you depart from that house, you go there more whole. So as we talk and we're talking about walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Says Jesus. Prepared a table for me. In the presence of my enemies. I'm going through a hard day. My life is falling apart. I've lost my family. My kids won't talk to me. I got a coworker that just cussed me out. Financially, I'm losing every day that I wake up. I'm fixing to lose my house. I've got a secret alcohol addiction that I mix with my coffee before I go to work in the morning and I go grab a beer at lunch. And when I get home, it's on. I've got a hidden addiction or or depression that stays with me everywhere I go because life just beats me down and is getting overwhelming. I'm in a verbally abusive relationship or a physically abusive relationship. My life is a disaster. I'm walking through it. Jesus is walking through it with you. And he says... I've prepared a table for you to sit with me. So you come and you sit at the table that Jesus has prepared for you. And he says, here, let me give you a drink of water. You look parched. So you sit at this table with Jesus across from you. And you begin to have this conversation. Jesus as a father sits there and says, how's your day going? I'm not very good, Jesus. I've been, I've been battling this and I've been battling that and my life, frankly, is a disaster. Why are you allowing this to happen to me? And he says, son, we all make bad choices. But I want you to know that I'm going to sit at this table as long as you need to talk with me, as long as you need to comfort and confine in me. We'll sit here. Here, drink your water. Take some rest. So as you drink a cup of water... You realize that you're all of a sudden just feeling a little better. You're feeling a little refreshed. You just said, here, I've given food for you. I've prayed this place for you so that you can find comfort in me. I've prepared this place for you long before you ever knew you were going to need it. But I've prepared this table because it's important for me to spend time with you. 
It's important for me to have a relationship with you so that you can see me when everything else that is going around on outside is bad. When you feel like your life is falling apart, Jesus gets right in the middle of it and he prepares this table for you. In the face of your enemies and everything that could be disastrous in your life, your Savior goes ahead of you and he says, wait, sit down, have a moment with me. So what are the, some of the things that we face in today's life? Depression? My spelling's not the best, so don't laugh at me. We face depression. Steve, you want to come hold this? Anxiety? Anybody ever get anxious? Just stand right there. You want to come hold this one? Financial strain? Anybody ever do that one? Misty? Bad relationships. Who wants to come hold this one? What's another one? What else do we put? Uncertainty. Oh, you're gonna just because I can't spell that. That's fine. Certainty. Well, I'll just write sloppy and nobody will know that way. Last one. Can I make an arc? Make a circle. So as you're sitting at the table. With Jesus and you're having this talk, these things are all gathered around you because he doesn't take you out of this place. He says, I've prepared a table in the midst of your enemies. He doesn't say, whoop, we're going to warp you out of there and you're not going to have to deal with it anymore. He says, I'm going to build a sanctuary. I'm going to bring a saving grace table so that you can find rest in the things that you're doing, the things that are going on. So as these things are gathered around you and life surrounds you on all sides. And he's shaking things in your face. In 2 Corinthians it says, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about. In the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. So as these things surround us and we're having a conversation with Jesus and he's asking us about our day and we're talking with him and we start to feel a little better. All of a sudden anxiety steps in and shakes it in your face. Well, the only way, the only seats that are left are seats for me and seats for Jesus. He didn't prepare a place for your problems. He prepared a place for you. The only way that they can take place at your table is if you say, 
Come have a seat. So now in our talk with Jesus, we're not only sitting here trying to have a conversation, but now we've got anxiety sitting at our table because I have welcomed anxiety into my relationship with Christ. And so as I'm talking, anxiety keeps interrupting. And I can't focus on my relationship with Christ. So as anxiety creeps in, now I remember about my bad relationship. And so now my bad relationship that is unwelcome in my relationship with Jesus, I have given them a seat at my table. Jesus did not prepare these seats. Jesus prepared his seat and Jesus prepared your seat. Because he wanted to give you a place of rest and a place of comfort and a safe haven. He wants to give you water. He wants to give you food so that you can be nourished and nutritioned. So as these things are shaking in your face and they interchange as you're trying to have this conversation and all of a sudden I'm like, no, I want to focus on Jesus. I want to focus on Jesus and Jesus is still setting at the chair that he created. He's still sitting across from the table, looking you in the face, staring you in the eye, longing for that relationship with you. But we keep adding more chairs at this table that he created for me and him. So when we sit down at the dinner table with our families, are we bringing anxiety? Are we bringing adult problems? into our kids' lives that they should have no affair with? Are we even taking time to sit down at the table? Because as I'm running through life, and I never sit down at the table that He prepared for me, I'm not going to be able to handle all these things that surround me. And so as Jesus prepares tables, not only did he prepare tables for the disciples, he ate with the Pharisees and he he says, I'll anoint you and your cup will be running over while you're sitting at these tables. But I can't fold out new chairs and bring it. I'm going to have and focus on Jesus as my savior. In Philippians chapter 4, Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 5, it says, Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. As you pray for the peace of God to surround your table. As you pray and pray harder and focus more on Christ, your strength and your rock. These people and these problems no longer have a seat at your table. And you can take those chairs that you've given them and you can fold them up. And you can set them aside and you can tell them that you're no longer welcome at my table that Christ has prepared for me. 
Because Christ prepared a seat for me. And he wants to have a relationship with me. To know that he's got a stronghold and a relationship with me. You guys can sit down. Thank you. Doesn't have to be anything fancy. I've got paper plates and, and paper cups up here. But the fact that Christ prepares a table for me lets me know that that is an important piece of my life and that I need to set down with my Savior at the table in which He created. And I need to stop inviting unwanted guests to sit at my table. This is my table. How do you know it's your table? Because Christ created it for me. He created it so that I could get rest when I'm dealing with uncertainty. He created it so that I can get away from my depression and find the true joy that God brings. He created it so that I can get away from my anxiety and stop worrying about the things that I can't control and focus on a relationship that I can. Do I need help in a bad relationship? There's a counselor that created a table so that you could sit and talk with him. Everybody thinks about finances. Everybody thinks about finances. Say, Pastor, well, finances are important. Well, they are. But who are you relying on for those things? Am I relying on me to supply my family? In a way, I do. I rely on the tools that God has given me, and I realize that God has blessed me with the job that I have. Before I got this job, I prayed for a job that would get me out of the situation that I was in. And he did. But as I strain and I struggle through life and and I find myself battling all these things, whether you battle drug addiction or anxiety or depression, my Savior, my Christ, has created a table for me to come sit with Him and dine. He's created a safe haven spot that I can go to, that I can get to know Him better in the midst of all of my troubles. He's not going to just come in and pluck you out of these things, but He promises I'll be there with you while you're going through them. That's why I've made this table designed for you. It's going to be the most comfortable seat you've ever sat in. Way better than those metal folding chairs. And He's going to feed you the exact food that you need to be fed. And He's going to give you water. And he says that he's going to anoint you. And he's going to fill your cup to overflowing. So that when you stand up, I can picture it. When you get full to overflowing, setting at your table, and you blow out of your seat like a bull coming out of a chute, everything blows back. Your problems blow back. Your bad relationships take a step back. Your financial strain takes a back seat because now, Now I have a relationship with Christ that is stronger than ever before because I took time to sit at His table. 
Are we taking time to sit at his table? And when we sit down at Jesus Christ's table, are we inviting unwanted guests? I don't know about you guys, but have you ever been in mid-prayer and all of a sudden, five minutes later, you realize that you're not even praying anymore, that you're thinking about all the problems that you've had that day or the stuff you're going to face tomorrow? Guilty. Ended up, I'm not having a conversation with Christ. I'm talking to myself about all the bad things that are going to happen or all the things that I need to do the next day or the things that I need to do that day. Because I sat down at his table and then invited every other guest that patrols me in my life to have a seat as well. Well, guess what? There's not much room at the table that Christ has created. And the more people that you invite to it, the less room there is for him. And the less room there is for you. So as you slowly get pushed back away from your table, you realize that you're not even in the presence of a Savior anymore. Because your problems have taken over the table that Christ created for you and Him. I always think about this. Misty had mentioned it the other day, and it's funny how it comes into play. But Elisha, where was he at? He was in... uh, Anyway, he was. I'm going to start back here at the beginning so you guys know the story. Then the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of, and saved himself there not once nor twice. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? So Elijah got a vision from God and knew where the opposing army was going to be. Went to his king and said, don't go there. They're going to be there. And all of a sudden, this, this army guy, this, this opposing force is like, all right, we've got a snitch somewhere. We've got a narc because they know every move that we're making. Somebody on our side is leaking information. And one of his certain servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchambers. He's reading your mind. And he said, Go and spy where he is, and I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dathan. Therefore he sent thither horses, chariots, And a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city about. So this opposing force sent an army of horses and chariots, and they're now surrounding the city and where Elisha is. And it says, And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And Elisha answered him, and he said, Fear not, for they that are be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. 
And the Lord opened his eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. When we were sitting at the table moments ago with Christ, and all of our struggles surrounded us, don't forget that God's army is bigger than any struggle you're ever going to face. Your circle of troubles is this big. And I pray for each and every person that He would open your eyes that you could see God's army that is up on the mountains in fiery chariots ready to go to battle for you today. The enemy is surrounded. The enemy is surrounded. This small circle that we're battling has nothing to do with the biggest circle that surrounds it. I wanted to get a vision of that, of the, of the people, and you're sitting at Christ's table in which He created for you. Hey, Jesus. What's up, man? And then you got your problems that are trying to sit at your table. And as you're sitting down, everything looks bigger. When you get smaller, everything around you looks bigger. These people look like Goliath standing around your table. Your problems are insurmountable. That's what this servant was seeing from Elisha. He walked outside and he's like, the enemy's got us surrounded. He couldn't see past what the enemy had done. Because they had the city where they were staying surrounded. And Elisha said, oh God, let him see what I see. And all of a sudden his eyes were opened and he could see past his enemies and he could see God. And he could see God's army that encompassed them. All of a sudden his enemies got so small that even setting down, he could see over the top of them and he could see God's army of fiery chariots that circled waiting to be on his side. All of a sudden, now that our eyes have been opened, our problems don't seem so big, but our God seems huge. That's not just a picture. That's real life, guys. That's real life. That's what I'm trying to tell you today. That even though your problems may seem real big while you're sitting at the table, do not pull them up a chair and let them sit down with you and take away from your relationship with Christ because God has got them surrounded on every side ready to go to battle for you today. Amen? That's something we should get excited about. But I think it's something that we lose focus of. We have to remember that we serve a God that is bigger than anything that this world can produce. I've got this deep down depression that I can't get over. Jesus has pulled up a table for you to sit with Him. And God's got an army on the hillside waiting to attack this depression. I've got financial struggles that I just can't dig myself out of. Sit down at the table. Take a break. Let God fight your battles. Now the outcomes. Oh, the outcomes. They're not always what we desire. Wow, yeah, if I could just win the lottery. 
That would be all my financial struggles. Now I'm living on the high life. That's the, that's the answer, God. That's the, that's the solution to my problems. He's sitting back there saying, you know what? You're going to have to lose everything to realize what you've got. It may not be the answer that we desire. But we have to remember, like we talked about in Romans 8 this morning, that He does everything for our good. And so we have to remember as we're, as we're struggling against these things and we're saying, God, why? We have an army that's waiting on the outside big enough that we can say, God, why not? Because I know that you're bigger than anything that I can face. And I know, God, that you have my best interest at heart. And God, I believe in you and I trust you. And I may lose my house, but this may be the best thing that has ever happened to me. Job had the same problem, right? He restored everything that Job had ten times over. Take time to sit at the table. Not only take time to sit at the the table with your Savior, don't pull up these chairs. Don't pull up the chairs. Don't let anything else in. Don't let anything else take Partake in your time because that is your time designated by the Father to spend time with His Son or daughter. And I implore you in everything else in, in this life, take time to be with your family. Take time to know your family. Take time to develop relationships that are important. If you don't have any and you're just walking through this world alone, ask for God to show you somebody. Because you may have an opportunity to speak to somebody. You may have an opportunity to sit down with somebody. There's no mistake that Jesus found that the table was important enough to gather his disciples around to declare that it is time for me to go. You guys have got to pull it together and here's what's going to happen. There's no mistake it was important to him that it should be important to us. And studies show that time and time again the importance of families gathering at the table. And I'm not just talking about your immediate family. I'm talking about your church family because we share the same blood. We're all family. We share the blood of Christ. Sit down at the table. Develop these relationships. That they can help ward off the enemy. If you would please stand with me. We're going to open up the altar. The table was important to our Savior. The table should be equally as important to us today. The Bible's not old and outdated. It's useful for functional everyday life today. If it's important to Him, it should be important to us. He desires a relationship with you. He wants it. And you need it. So as we open up the altars today, if you've invited other guests to sit at your table... Today is the day to pull out the chair from underneath them and get rid of them and take time to go in the presence of Christ your Savior and re-strengthen and regain until you can stand up and blow everybody else back.
come get rid of those other chairs at your table. There should be two chairs. The one that Jesus Christ sets in, your Savior, and the chair that He designed for you. He didn't design a chair for anxiety. He did not design a chair for depression. He wants a relationship with you. Stop letting these worldly distractions come and set at your table. Today is the day to step up and say, I'm done. I'm done putting extra chairs at the table. God didn't design them. He didn't create them. He doesn't want them. But I hand shift and make them and pull them up to the table that they could share in my time. The altars are open.